0: Welcome to the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by the good people of Papa John's. Four weeks of the National Football League in the books, and what is more depressing than the knowledge that a quarter of the NFL season has already come and gone? It is going too fast. It's got to slow down, people. But uh, obviously, one month is long enough for us to soak in quite a bit, and um, what we know, what we know right now is very little... (laughs) I mean, there really isn't anybody who is jumping out and grabbing this league by the lapels and snapping it back and taking charge one month into the season. I, I, and and that is uh, uh, evidenced, for the lack of a better phrase, by the fact that the only undefeated team in the NFL right now, the last undefeated team standing is the Kansas City Chiefs, which is uh, something that not even... Uh, the most diehard Chiefs fans would have expected or hoped for, but they are three and zero, coming off of a bye this week, taking on Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts coming off of another division loss, another division loss on the road for the first time. The Colts are zero and two in the AFC South, which was started in 2002. They've never been zero and two in that division. That they are basically sit atop of with tenure like they're a Supreme Court justice. They're 0-2 after another road loss, and so they're going to be very salty, welcoming the Chiefs in at home, so we may have no undefeated teams left after just five weeks of the National Football League season, which is, again, something nobody would have thought would be the case in 2010. Uh, We're coming off of a week in which Donovan McNabb exacted the revenge that he's been dreaming about since being traded away in division on Easter Sunday. It wasn't pretty, but a win is a win, and McNabb, fittingly, Goes into Philly and wins by just five points. Super Five comes away with the five point win. And, uh, you know, credit the Philadelphia fan. The Philadelphia fan that gets tarred and smeared with one large brush because of the Yahoos that booed Santa Claus years ago. We all know about the clink lockup that was in the bottom in the basement of the Veterans Stadium. But the Philly fans did the right thing, and they gave Donovan McNabb a warm standing ovation when he stepped out onto the Lincoln financial turf in the Burgundy and Gold of the Washington Redskins. They did the right thing and gave him what he deserved after 11 stellar years at the helm of the quarterback position in Philadelphia. And then they booed him, which is the right way. You know, cheer him and then root against him. That is totally acceptable behavior from the fans, and and I give them a big... Tip of the cap and pat on the back um, for doing that. Well-deserved. And McNabb now at 2-2, two and two, just like the Eagles, just like the Giants who rebounded. And the, the, the Cowboys are just a half game behind at 1-2 and two coming off their bye week against Tennessee, a game that we're going to touch upon later on. And uh, you have to sit here and wonder if there are some teams sitting back thinking that they could be 2-2 two and two right now. Or even better, if they did what the Redskins did back in April, and that was go and get Donovan McNabb. If a potential Super 5 Hall of Fame quarterback is sitting out there for the taking, go and get him. What would the Niners' record be right now if they had Donovan McNabb? I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be 0-4. I think you can pretty much say with certainty they wouldn't have lost the first four games of the season if Donovan McNabb was under center. Not saying it's all Alex Smith's fault, but just his presence in that franchise, McNabb being in that organization, would have done so much top to bottom, just his veteran presence at that position that commands, that commands leadership to emanate from, just him being there, I think would have at least gotten them a couple of wins so far this season. What is Carolina thinking? They're 0-4 right now. They've already tried Matt Moore. He's already out. Jimmy Clausen's in. He leads the league in fumbles already with four, and he's hardly played two games. Now, I know you need to know what you have in Jimmy Clausen, but I don't think they would have gone ahead and, and drafted Jimmy Clausen if they went ahead and got Donovan McNabb. With that running game, with McNabb finding Steve Smith, the defense showed how it's no slouch, darn near pulling the upset in New Orleans this weekend. What would the Carolina Panthers be if they went ahead and got Donovan McNabb? What would the Arizona Cardinals be right now if they went ahead and got Donovan McNabb? I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be 2-2. Two and two. Now, the defense definitely bears some of the blame right now. That defense uh, was horrible in San Diego this past week. Awful. They got blown out. And the fact that Antonio Gates kept getting wide open, it's like, people, Vincent Jackson is on his couch. Who else is Philip Rivers looking to? Malcolm Floyd is quality and, and, and Legadu Nene, yeah, but come on, people. It's Gates. Bracket him. Shut him down. What were the Cardinals thinking? But offensively, the fact that Kurt Warner is dancing with the Stars instead of being under center there, I mean, that has created major issues. In Arizona, where Max Hall could be the starting quarterback this week. He's looked good. The young guy has looked very good in preseason. Matt Leinert standing with a clipboard watching Matt Schaub. Does Arizona wish they had him back right now? Maybe. But it's clear just four games in, Derek Anderson's not the guy. Right now, to take this franchise to where it needs to go, to where it's been the last two years, maybe Donovan McNabb, who has an offseason home in Arizona. What would that team look like if they went ahead and got Super 5? So all I know is four weeks in, we have no idea. And in the last few years, you had some idea who's going to be a a, a favorite to go ahead and and win the uh, Super Bowl. Right now, you have no earthly idea, folks. Who would have thought Kyle Orton would be the leading passer through four weeks? Who would have thought Arian Foster would be the leading rusher with 537 yards through four weeks? Who would have thought the guy with the most touchdown catches in the National Football League through four weeks would be a tight end, Antonio Gates? Maybe you'd figure that because uh, Vincent Jackson's not there. But Gates has six, and right behind him is Austin Colley and Dustin Keller, another tight end with five. Who would have thought any of this? Who would have thought your seventh leading rusher in the NFL through four weeks would be Ladanian Tollinson? Certainly nobody in the San Diego organization, and fittingly, off of that stellar 133-yard a performance in Buffalo. Ladanian Tomlinson is our lead guest on this podcast today. Dennis Miller of the Dennis Miller Radio Show, and he spent a couple years in the Monday Night Football booth. You will never meet a bigger NFL fan than Dennis. He'll join us later on the podcast. That also includes a chat with the Worm. We'll go over hot topics with our senior producer from NFL Network here, the always fascinating Jason Wormser, and his guest, Uh, Along uh, uh, with him, we're not going to go with the guy from NFL Network this week. We're going to go with the executive producer of the league on FX, Jeff Schaefer. We'll talk fantasy football about that program on FX, about fantasy leagues that's become so popular uh, on the FX channel. That's still to come on the Rich Eisen podcast, but let's get to our first guest right now. The seventh leading rusher now in National Football League history based on his 133-yard, two-touchdown performance in Buffalo for the now 3 and 1 AFC East leading New York Jets and that's none other than future Hall of Famer Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian, how are you? I'm
1: good, Rich. How's it going?
0: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, but few people didn't few people counted me out. It seems like a lot of people counted you out, LT. How how much are you running with that as the wind at your back this year?
1: Um you know, it's it's a part of it. as a competitor. You know, obviously you listen to all the naysayers and that type of stuff. Um, I, you know, for for me that's what what drives me and a lot of guys. You know, but you know, I just feel good to to be at a place where um, you know, we're playing good football. We got great coaches and we're all on the same page. And so it, it feels good to be in that that spotlight again.
0: Do you feel quicker? Than you have been in the last two years because most people who are seeing you, uh, just from either their couches or on film, think that you sure do look quicker. Do you feel quicker?
1: Yeah, I absolutely am quicker. Um, you know, but that's that's about being healthier, uh, also, Rich. You know, um, and you know, I just felt like this off season, you know, rededicating myself um, you know, to, to the workouts and the weight room and that type of stuff really did allow me to to get back uh quicker, you know, like I was in the past.
0: So did you did do something different this off season than you have been doing in the last couple of off season, last several off seasons?
1: Well, I you know, I got here um you know, I, I was a part of the off season program here with the Jets, um, you know, from day one. And I I think that obviously you know, that was a part of it, a, you know, part of my routine uh, that helped out a lot. But also hitting the weight room, you know, just getting back, you know, in, in the weight room and, and lifting again. So that combination really uh, helped me not only stay healthy, but also uh, get my strength and quickness back.
0: So have you at all paid attention to what the Chargers have been doing? Do you, do you sometimes take a glance over your shoulder at your past at all, LT?
1: No, absolutely. Not. Uh, you know, I watch them. You know, and uh, you know, I got a lot of buddies on that team, so I obviously you know want to see what they're doing and keep up with them. You know, but being a fan of the National Football League here, I, you know, I keep up with everybody. I just wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't not watch the Chargers. You know, I'm just <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah, I've been watching them.
0: Well, what do you think about what has gone on? Over there with uh, with Marcus McNeil and and Vincent Jackson, I'd love to get your thoughts as you currently stand here uh, with the Jets as to what you think is going on in San Diego.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you got to understand, uh, you know, the Chargers they they um you know they run a tough business an organization over there, and so um, you know it's see their way or the highway. You know, that's just kind of the way they approach it. If you don't agree with the things they're doing, then you know they're gonna move on without you. And that's evident of what's going on with Vincent Jackson. Vincent wants to play football, uh, but uh, right now the Chargers uh, have his rights, and um, you know they're looking for for a, fair, a fair deal, what they what they deem fair. The same thing with Marcus Mariota. And so when you're dealing with with, with them, you gotta understand that uh, that's the type of business. Or organization that they, you know, that they have.
0: Do you feel you were made an example of by them?
1: No, you know what, uh, Rich, I, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I never really looked too far into that part of it was I made an example out of. But, you know, I think it, it was definitely the right time, you know, for me and them, you know, to part ways because I was no longer happy there. You know, I was ready to, to move on with my career. And, um, you know, I think they felt like, you know, the time was, you know, right to to move on.
0: And uh, in terms of running the football there, do you think that they completely changed philosophies? That's the conventional wisdom of observers of the San Diego Chargers, with Norb Turner coming in and Phillip Rivers taking over for Drew Brees, that they just made a philosophical change, regardless of your Hall of Fame resume that they're going to start throwing the football there. Do you feel that that is exactly what happened there in San Diego, or are we missing something?
1: Well, I just think, you know, a lot of, it's a combination of a lot of things, you know, that you know that sometimes have – you know, when a new coach comes in, a new coach is going to want to implement his ways and, and his ideas of the way he'd like to run a football team. And, and, you know, so a lot of things contribute to that. Other guys being let go, other guys being brought in – the dynamics of the team switching, you know, uh, and that, that they're just a part of it. And so, you know, whatever it was or whatever the case may be, you know, they you know, we all have to live with that decision that was made at the end of the day. And for me, I'm totally fine and happy with it and I hope they are too
0: and moving forward, it seems that you're taking on more of a leadership role with the Jets with each passing week. That that uh we saw you in the huddle Leading the offensive uh, charge before the game—is that the first time you've done that, or have you been doing that every week?
1: No, no, that's the first time I, I've done that. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of a, a last-minute thing. You know, the guys, you know, called me in there and said, say something. So uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, okay, let's go then. But um, you know, it—it's just a part of to me. You know, going through, you know, being in this situation of going through many battles on the football field and, and being in situations like that. You know, for me I, I, I uh I cherish the moments. Them are them are big moments when your teammate wants you to uh to speak. And so um yeah man it's it's been great with these guys.
0: it just strikes me is here you are, the face of a franchise. You mean you personify the San Diego Chargers for so long and you're you're living out there in the West Coast. Now you're going to the East Coast. You're going to a completely new situation where a lot of people are thinking that you have hit the proverbial 30-year-old wall for running backs, and now you're starting from scratch. I'd love to just try and pop the hood underneath this adjustment, LT, and you explain to the fans about how difficult or challenging that's been for you so far.
1: Well, you know, it's it's a challenge, uh, Rich. You know, uh, but let me let me let me say this. You know, for me, as a as a as a you know, a gladiator, I, I, I consider a gladiator in, in, in terms of going out there and playing every single Sunday and battling and doing all that type of stuff to entertain the people. Now, there's a lot of stuff I can deal with, the business side of football, off-the-field stuff, things you got to go through during the year, injuries, you know, media-wise. I can deal with a lot of that type of stuff. But, you know, when my family has to deal with it, you know, that's the type of stuff that's, more challenging than
0: anything. Yeah, I mean, East Coast life's different, isn't it, LT? Yeah, it's,
1: well, it's definitely
0: it's, <laughs> certainly from laid-back <laughs> San Diego. I'll tell you that. I'm from the New York City area, and it's—I can imagine that is that is a—that's uh, a switch, to say the least.
1: Well, I'll tell you this: I, I really enjoy the passionate fans. These fans, <laughs> yes. these fans here, rich are unbelievable. I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they they are they're, they're a little nuts. They're a little crazy. I'm not saying that San Diego fans aren't. I mean, they're very passionate in their own right, but, but New York fans are are a different breed. I know that. Did you choose the New York or New Jersey option to live, LT? I
1: chose the New Jersey option. So okay. right now, Rick, we're looking at uh, some towns, yes. uh, big, big open fields. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> I'm looking. At
0: you. Yeah, I hear you. And and also, you made a, I mean, talk about a life change. Not just your job, your career. You're a dad for the first time. Are you not?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm a dad for the first time. My son, Daylon, is uh, 12 weeks old, and uh, you know it's going
0: great. Daylon, wait a minute. Did you did you and and Drew Brees name your kid the same name?
1: Well, here's this Baylen with a B minus with a D. Okay,
0: Daylen. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, because I know you guys are close, but, I mean, that that might be taking it a little step further, don't you think? (laughs)
2: There
0: (laughs) will be. Yeah, I know. And uh, so, okay, so now you're playing the the Minnesota Vikings this week, and this was the team that you had an opportunity to join as well with the Jets. What was that process like for you uh, in your free agency when you visited with the Vikings
1: you know, it was a great process. It really was. It, you know, they, I felt like, you know, I had two great organizations, you know, to, to go to. Um, you know, great front office people, great coaches, great players on both teams. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, I think for me, it was about uh, learning a new offense, and which the West Coast offense, which you know, obviously the Vikings run, and and then the offense that I've been in nine years already. And so uh, that, that's what it came down to. But I'll tell you what, you know, I, I really enjoyed myself when I went to Minnesota. Well,
0: a lot of people thought maybe it was just a no-brainer in terms of the fact, well, one guy there already has a franchise running back and Adrian Peterson, and that's the bell cow. And you would only have a situational role there, whereas with the Jets, they they were moving forward without Thomas Jones. They didn't have a veteran presence there. They need somebody to step in uh, and, and give Sean Green a little pat on the back and let him know what's what in the league as well as perhaps take over the starting role. That that did, in fact, enter into your uh, process?
1: Well, I, I think, yeah, um, yeah I would say it kind of did because the Jets seemed to me like, you know, they were more interested in uh, a bigger role for me. You know, now they didn't say I was going to start anything. They just said, you know, mm-hmm. I would have an opportunity to have a bigger role you know, with Minnesota, I kind of felt like I would be more of, you know, what Chester Taylor was doing there, and that would kind of be my role. And so uh, that factored in uh, a lot for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your relationship with Adrian Peterson? I know he's a Texas kid, just like you, uh, and, and a, a running back who's got all the world of potential. What is your relationship with, with AP?
1: We have a good relationship. Uh, you know, AP and I... Uh, Obviously, being from Texas, we run into each other from time to time at different events or whatever. And you know, we all—you know—I always, I got a lot of respect for the young man and uh, what he's done so far in his his career. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I've always been a big fan. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's the gist of our relationship.
0: Which young running back in the league do you think has a chance to have a career like yours, Danian? Which guy do you zero in on as a fan of the game and say, that's a guy I paid to see, that's a guy who's got the potential to have a a resume like mine one day?
1: Well, I I think obviously, you know, Adrian Peterson is always doing that. Um, You know, he's well on his way, you know, to to doing that. If I had to look at, uh, you know, probably a young crop of guys, uh, you know, I really like CJ Spiller, you know, a guy that's versatile, he can do it all. You know, he, I, I think he's uh, he's more durable and and uh, tough than a lot of people probably give him credit for, and so uh, he's one guy that I think in in, a, in the future we're gonna have to look out for. Is that
0: right, C.J. Spiller? So far, because a lot of people think he's in a in a dark, deep hole there in Buffalo with with a little line help. But uh, that's a guy that you just saw this past week, and you feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I just I just think like Alan, while why he's a guy. That, that can change the game on any play, you know, and that's, you know, for me that's what I look at, you know, guys that, that can change the play through running the football or catching the football, and obviously he can return the football as well. So he's a guy I look at.
0: I know there's a guy put you on the spot with this question, but what about Chris Johnson? He's a guy that uh, that joined that 2000 mark last year, and it just seems that it's a home run every time he touches it potentially.
1: Well, I mean, you know, Chris is, you know, Chris is special. I, I said this last year. You know, Chris, he's the fastest guy I've ever seen in course on the football field. The fastest. I'm talking about running back I've ever seen live. Really? Uh, when he when he gets through the hole, and you know, I'm telling you, he's fast. He, he is very fast. And so for me. You know, uh I just I just hope they don't wear him out. I hope they don't wear Chris out and they get him you know, give him some help, you know, Vince come along and able to throw the ball a little bit more and be a little bit more balanced so they don't wear Chris out at a young age.
0: Where's this Jets team going, Ladanian? Let's get down to brass tacks here. Your your uh your coaches said you're heading to the Rose Garden. Maybe not this year but very soon. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think we uh I think we uh we're on our way, you know, obviously, um, you know, we have a long way to go. It's a long season and we got to understand that, you know, it's one game at a time, but I think talent wise, you know, talking about the coaching staff we have, we have an excellent coaching staff. We really do. Uh, the players we have, uh, I really think rich, you know, we can, we have opportunity to win a championship.
0: And you've got, uh, You've got a quarterback in Mark Sanchez that has been balling out the last three weeks. You played with MVP-type quarterbacks, Breeze, Rivers, and now you're playing with a young quarterback in Sanchez. Where does Sanchez stand with the two other quarterbacks that you've played with in your career?
1: You know what, Sanchez, is, he, he, he's on his way. And, and, you know, we got to realize something. Sanchez is, you know, he's in his second year in the league and really his third year of playing uh, big-time football. And so, for him to be in the second year and already have the grasp of the offense, um, you know, that Phillips set for, for two years before he got the chance to start. So, he got a chance to learn the offense. Drew set for a year behind Doug Flewley, and Sanchez is already, you know, past that point. So, he's well on his way. You know, I think he's made a huge stride this year. And uh, he's going to only get better.
0: Last question for you here, LT. Uh, You, with 25 games now, with at least 100 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns after your performance against Buffalo, you've tied Jim Brown for the most such games in NFL history. As far as I'm concerned, there's really no other running back to discuss when you mention that name. What does that mean to you when you hear names like Jim Brown and you passed Tony Dorsett this week on the all-time rushing yards list? What does that mean for that young kid from Texas who uh, who's been also counted out now as he's hitting his thirties?
1: Well, it, you know, I don't think I have to say it's a great honor, you know, because that's what most people say anyway. But you know, for me, it just uh, it just confirms that you know that 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 guy from from Texas from a small town, you know, that dream big of, of doing something special and leaving a mark on the game. And you know it's coming true it just you know for me that dream is coming true and <clears throat> you know watching film with jim brown and you know the way people feel about him still to this day as as you know the best running back to ever play just to be you know compared to him and be on the list be on the list with him side by side man that's that's special to me
0: i'm glad to hear that lt and listen uh, I've really enjoyed watching you throughout the years, and, and when people do say running backs hit 30, they're they they're done. And to see you uh, uh, at the top of your game right now, it's really a pleasure to see, and, and, uh, and congrats on what's gone on so far, and good luck throughout the rest of the season.
1: Hey, thanks, Rich. I appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks for having me on. Uh, anytime. Anytime, LT. You can come anytime you want, because that's just the way you and I feel that way about each other, and I think that's cool that's to absolutely. just stay out there in the public. <laughs> I got you. All right, buddy. All right, that's it. The great LT on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's that rolls back with some hot topics in the National Football League with The Worm, our producer here at NFL Network, and also the executive producer of The League on FX, this uh, very popular, funny show about fantasy football. Jeff Schaefer will be joining me on the other side with Dennis Miller waiting in the wings on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Get on the field, with all the sights and sounds from inside the game. Two nights, two shows you can't miss. Get your field pass, with NFL replay and sound effects. Tuesday and Wednesday starting at 8, only on NFL Network. (laughs) Welcome back to the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. We just had a nice lengthy chat with Ladanian Tomlinson of the New York Jets. He seemed to downplay the fact that, uh, that he has a chip on his shoulder and, and that the Chargers, uh, may have made a mistake. But I think you heard it in his voice. He's running like the wind because of AJ Smith blowing at his back. That's just the way I feel about that. Dennis Miller waits in the wings. It's now time for our hot topic segment with. Senior producer of NFL Network, Jason or a.k.a. The Worm, rejoining us on Hi, Rich. the podcast. How are you, Worm? Thank you for having me back. You're, you're, my pleasure. My pleasure. And uh, we're, we're, normally we team you up with a colleague oh, mm-hmm. here at NFL Network. We're switching it up. Yes. We're switching it up because a good friend of mine is here. And uh, he, he's uh, the executive producer of a fantastic show on FX about fantasy football and the craziness that surrounds it. He is the executive producer of The League on FX Thursday at 10.30 p.m. after Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He is the executive producer of the show with his uh, lovely wife, Jackie Marcus Schaefer. Joining the program, Jeff Schaefer. Good to see you, sir.
2: Fantastic to be here. Thank you so much, and it's a, it's a pleasure to sit uh, next to uh, to uh, Wormser again. I've I've had the privilege of watching games with him before, and uh, it is it's a treat. If you ever get a chance to yes. come to the NFL Studios mm-hmm. and watch a game with this man, it is it is it's one of the
0: wonders of the world. Normally, uh, people... I think I'm an e-ticket. You're an e-ticket. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're an NFL Network e-ticket. Yes. Well, it's always fun when the Giants are up on the screen. And they weren't because we had Sunday Night Football. Yes. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk to you first, Jeff, about your program, The League. It's based on an actual fantasy football league that you have been involved in for a long time. Is that what it is?
2: I mean, you know, uh, like a lot of people, you write what you know. And, like, I would mm. say, like, like Joe Esterhaus had a lot of crazy, cracked-out dog sex with hookers before he wrote Showgirls. Jackie and I <laughs> yeah. have had a tremendous amount of of. Not that. Experience. Not, Not that. Not that. Okay. No. 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 We had a tremendous amount of personal experience with yes. fantasy football before we decided to do a show about it. Yes. And uh, yeah, we. Uh, I'm. I'm uh, involved in uh, a whole bunch of leagues. So one with my uh, my uh, high school friends, mm-hmm. and I've been involved with it for a while. And actually, the the reason the show came about was, was Jackie's idea. We were in. We were on vacation in mm-hmm. France. Uh, Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner in France is Sunday game time back in the uh, back course. in the States. And it was a Super Bowl. I'm in the Super Bowl of two leagues. She's brought us to this wonderful restaurant. We're having this amazing food. I'm pretending that the food is giving me stomach sickness, and I'm running outside to call back to the states in the snow yes. to find out who's going to win. And by the way, not that I can—I can't affect the outcome. All I can do is—all I can do is just monitor it. Mm-hmm. She finally catches on, sees this man shivering pre-Skype, by the way, way way back when it was back really strange. But it's still a
0: week 16 in the NFL, it's, and this is the fantasy Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, and so I'm standing in a snowdrift in the French Alps. And she steps outside of the restaurant and sees this and just starts laughing. And she goes, this is, you're so stupid right now, this isn't going to be a great show.
0: God bless that that's your wife's reaction. Yeah. Because I would think it would be a lot more, um, it would leave a mark in many other households, <laughs> other than the fact, like, let's do a, hey, let's do a show. Like it's an old uh, Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland moment. <laughs> right. Hey, let's put on a show, as opposed to U S O B. No, very happy ending. We got a great show out of it, and I won both, <laughs> yes. and I won both
2: Super Bowls. So it's it, oh, uh, yeah, a very happy, Yes, race. success all around,
0: oh boy, but so there was no uh I don't know if you've seen the promo for this uh worm,, no, I so there was no organ harvesting that was done in <laughs> your league the way that you were promoting your show, no. That, no, very,
2: no, There has been there have been no there was no there's no argument harvesting, but right. there is uh, in my high school league. There is a, a shiva, which is the trophy that they all that they it's all. A what? Uh, there's a shiva. Shiva, uh, like you said, tr- a trophy. Uh, it is no, not like sitting shiva, more like the the Indian, the Indian, shiva. Yeah, That's a shiva. This Shiba. is a shiva. Right. This is an Indian goddess who is also the name of a a, a poor classmate of theirs and ours who did nothing, mm-hmm. nothing to harm anyone, but is simply on this trophy. It's right. just an object of ridicule. And uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of the, a lot of things that happened in the, my high school that also get brought onto the show.
0: And you have found a treasure trove of willing NFL players to guest and do cameos on your program. Ocho this year, Cribs last week. Correct? Yeah, Cribs and uh, Terrell Suggs. T Sizzles. Yeah, mm. He's, yeah. I love T Sizzles.
2: Amazing. He's coming.
0: So, he came in our. He was one of the first of the players to ever come in our studio and hang with a, us. At a NFL little, total little, little promo, huh?
3: He's a little promo replay. He's on replay. He's on NFL replay this week. Gonna, he's the first guy in replay.
0: Okay. On Tonight Show. Well, but th- it's about the league right now. I understand. We're, we're going to get to your promos later on. But Don't worry. We'll get we'll to replay. Replay is also, we'll also a to. fine show. Uh, no, but the, uh, <laughs> uh, we had uh, we
2: had Antonio Gates last year. Mm-hmm. who was amazing. Uh, yeah, Ocho Cinco was. Fantastic. Came to us. Uh, came to Vegas with us. No entourage, no nothing. Hung out with us. The-
0: no entourage. Nothing. Well, he's got, his entourage is his billion Twitter followers. That's his entourage. He's always got his entourage basically in his, in his yeah, PDA. Yeah, it's, right, it's right in his PDA. Right.
2: Three days in Vegas with Ocho. Amazing time. And, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the show that was on last week had uh, Josh Cribs and Charles. So Suggs. Really funny. These guys, by the way, are great. They They love that it's really loose. It's a semi-improvised show. Right. So they go out there and just be yourselves. And you know these guys are uh, the guys we've had on the show are so personable and so fun that it totally comes across
0: so for people who haven't seen your show or are going to now watch it because we're we're promoting it so so capably and here on the Rich Eisen podcast how, how do you work these players in are, are they 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 just appear magically in a in a dream sequence or something for the fantasy leagues but how do you weave these guys in to the fact that just some schmoes who have a fantasy league are are running into some NFL players how do you do that
2: uh we try to work stories around uh what you'd love to have happen if you were in a fantasy league. Okay. So, Antonio Gates last year, for instance. Antonio Gates just had a monster game and crushed one of our characters, Ruxin. Just crushed him. Ruxin was, was going to win. Mm-hmm. Antonio drops a 40-burger, and, and he loses. And so, Ruxin now, whatever Antonio Gates's Hall of Fame credentials are, mm. hates this
0: man. Hates this man. Hates this with man. With a passion.
2: With a passion. Would love to. Because it's if personal. I, it's yeah, personal. If I ever see this man, I'm going I'm to crush him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell him, and I'm going to crush him. And then, you know, we set up situations where... Oh, lo and behold, he actually bumps into him. It's, so it's it's all of the situations that you, as a fantasy football fan, would ever possibly want to get into with an NFL with an NFL Superstar. And what
0: are your fantasy team names? Uh, I have uh, one. I thing, know one of them because we're in a league together.
2: We're in a league together, and this, this has not been a very good year for Stephen
3: Hawking's cleats. Ooh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although you are the defending champions, the uh, Stephen I, Hawking's cleats. Yes, are the defending well, why, champions. Why is this
3: a Stephen Hawking's Stephen Hawking's cleat. What, just, just, just I like singular. to think
2: I like to think that he has two. He doesn't he, I like to think that he has he has a multiple he has a key he's also got a locker full of them. Yeah. It's it just uh but that <laughs> it has been a very poor year very poor year.
0: Right. And so what's your other uh, team name?
2: I've uh, another uh, another of my team names uh, actually with the cast of the league is uh, is a team called the Vinegar Strokes, which uh will be is going to resonate very uh the very Vinegar soundly strokes. in about Five weeks on, in, on in the a, league in five weeks on the league. Okay, so it's a tease.
0: It is a tease. I like wow. it. it is. This is it is a team name. It is a team named tease. Okay, and you are you still playing fantasy football? You no, bitter. It bitter but, is retired. Bitter your, your team name is what? Bitter. Just bitter. bitter. Yeah, well,
3: my, myself and Brad Boam, who's the uh, post production manager here. We've been a, we were partners for many years in our Fox days as well. Right. We were we were partners, and we just came up with a name. He came up with the name Bitter. bitter. Just I, I think it really encapsulates. Right. The, the, the ethos right. of this well, yeah. team. It's not just a team name; it's an MO. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. it's a yes. way of life. It is a way of life it for is you. A bitter. Way of
0: life. It's just. It's. It's. There's, there's, so when you refer to it, is it is it like the the British plural like uh, no, bitter R bitter no, no. R well today no, no. Or, just, or what is it? Is it like uh, we're what? bitter.
3: We're always bitter.
0: That's Sometimes your motto. It's not
2: like Angostura. You're not the bitters. No. 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 no, no. It's I, just bitter. Just
0: a word for your
3: belly, by the way, after a big meal.
0: What is it? Bitters. Bitters. I like it. Very good. Well, I'm in my league that I'm in with you. It's the Jeff well Garland really. league. It's the Jeff Garland league. I'm not doing well. I'm one in three now. By the way, I lost. I lost, way. I lost by like. the way, I scored 130 freaking points this week can and I, lost because his guys went off on tilt. Wait, let me get this off oh, my chest. Oh, sorry. It's just uh, Terrell Owens hasn't done anything all year long. Drops a 222 yard bomb. I don't know how many people are out there who lost to Terrell Owens this week. I was one of them in two leagues, but I was able to overcome. Uh, him, anyway, uh, in the Garland League, I lost to Jeff Garland this week. Uh, by the way,
2: he's been crowing about it. He just should on be on the set.
0: I just, I left the set. Uh, just, he is right. telling everyone. Because you are again, you're an executive producer and writer and director of uh, Curb. Your enthusiasm as well. Yeah. Let's get out all your 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 <laughs> your credits. Which, by the way, it's can't wait. It's incredibly impressive. Uh, your resume is yeah. off the charts. Oh, you are also an executive producer and writer on Seinfeld. Yeah. years and years ago. The resume is so much more impressive than the person. No, I no, 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 no. not no, You're being, you're being very, very, yeah. you're being very, very uh, humble. You're being very, very humble. This is the man worm who, who brought us the calzone. Mm. I love the calzone. Years ago on Seinfeld, yeah. re-gifting. Mm. regifting. You brought Gifting. us the regift. So who regifted you? Do you want to out somebody here uh, in real life? Because
2: uh, who regifted? I mean, there were so many. Mm. You see, and we finally just, this is not right. This, this must be named. Right. And you can't stop it. You can't stop the crime until you name the crime. <laughs> Right. First you have to identify the cancer. Right. Then you have to name it something Then only then can you can you make someone
0: well. And you want to you want to refute something Larry David said on this podcast oh, last week, right? By the way, Get this yeah, off your chest. Larry, who, you know, who I just left and who I love more than life itself,
2: was talking to you, uh, yes. and it was very funny by the way. It's a great podcast. I enjoyed uh, it. Um, if I do a reverse plug, uh, which doesn't really help you because it's already there, but very funny, but he was you were asking about how much of the show is improvised yes, and did. how much of the show is written. And he said that about 85 to 90% of the show is improvised. And I'm listening to this, and I'm sort of going, then what have we been doing for the last six months staring at a dry erase board with you going, man, this script is really hard. This one's harder than all the others, which he says every every script you write. So just to clarify a little bit. Does he think every year is the last year of the the series as well? He thinks every show we write is the last show he's ever going to write because we're never going to finish it.
3: (laughs) Never. He's going to go Chappelle at some point. In- you think so? Oh Everyone. yeah, no we doubt. Had one he's going to be like he's going to end up in some tribal area in Zambia, giving out <laughs> goods and services to the world.
0: I don't oh, know because he, he he won't be near Riviera if he does that. Right. He's got a no. golf. Yeah, I yeah I as mean, long
3: as if there's a if there's a Zim- you Zambian cannot, Riviera, you, he will be there. <laughs> yes, there is a golf course in Monzi. I was there this summer. There's a golf course. There are pictures. Right. I, yeah, I think you've seen the pictures. I think I've seen
0: them. Yes, I have seen them. And there, there and
3: it is the Monzi Golf Club. And it is a cap.
0: I don't even know if we're going to get around to hot topics, which we will in the NFL in a minute. But I got to tell this story. Am I allowed to tell the stories of uh, in the editing room? Can I tell some oh, of yeah, the stories? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Last, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be part of uh, I guess uh, a round table or what would you call it? And, Rich, and it,
2: Rich comes in with a few other people and helps us when we're the show is not locked yet. The Kirby enthusiasms are they're still a little long. They're a little mm-hmm. rough. We bring a few people, some uh, friends of the court, people whose opinions, friends of the court, Thank people you. whose That's opinions cool. we trust, mm-hmm. uh, discerning palates, right. uh, to come in and take a look, and we ask a few questions: Did this make sense? Did that make sense? And uh, it's really fun,
0: right? And so there was an episode last year uh, about uh, he's on the golf course with everybody at his country club, oh, the and duck, they kill the swan, the, duck, the black swan. Remember, kill the black swan, yes. oh, exactly. the black swan. Exactly. and then it, it, it basically sends up uh, his country club, his actual real country club. So I say to him, it's my first comment when it's all done. I say to him, how are you going to be able to go back <laughs> to your country right. club? You and I apparently touched a nerve.
2: His face. You just saw Larry's <laughs> face and heart sink, and he just started. The,
0: the, I felt was no so terrible. I thought I'm never going to be invited back now. The
2: session was over because all he was thinking about then is, how am I going to do this? Right. Can we cancel the show? Should I not put this one out? I right. really like because golf. Because
0: every
3: foursome like his mm. has a schlemiel, who has this, right? We're ready to go play golf. Eats the big breakfast. They get behind. Waiting, waiting, oh, waiting. Richard Kind, the yeah. Lemiel, who Everybody. plays the Lemiel very, very He's well. Very, no one plays Richard Lemiel better than
0: Richard Kine. Richard Kine. fantastic. Fantastic. All right, so we've gotten uh, most. Labor. Uh, uh, real quick, the Seinfeld episodes. Which one's your favorite? I asked Larry. He said, uh, he said it was the uh, Keith Hernandez episode. Oh yes. Which one? Which one of Which one. one are you?
2: For me, it's like. It's almost like asking which one of your kids is, is your favorite, yes. and the answer is obviously your first. Now that you've gotten uh, that out of the way. <laughs> now, that, now that you've gotten that caveat out of the way. No, I think uh, for me personally, mm-hmm. one of uh, my favorites is, is The Gymnast, which was the first one that Alec and I ever wrote. which was when Alec George Berg, got, you're writing for Yes, Yes, where uh, George got caught eating out of the trash. Um, <laughs> and, which, <laughs> you know, Who'd that happen to? That, that Did that happen to you? That Did you ever we, eat out of the trash? i thought about it. You, that's what you do. You right. think about it you reach for it you stop yourself right. in real life and then you go into Larry and Jerry's office and go what if George didn't stop himself right. and that's that's right.
0: how you write the show and so that that's your favorite one
2: that i i, I that that's a favorite know. one that, that we that you we wrote. that we wrote um i have to say uh boy um other than that i mean there's it's so there's like it's so weird to look at them now and go like oh you all you can think of is like oh we, this oh this took so long mm. and so this was so hard and this was so but uh, I don't actually have a – I just I – love, I love that they're still on and that people love them. Oh, it's it's
0: unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I watch uh, – they're on two every night here in Los Angeles. I watch them all. I watch them all. And then there was a, a few – I called you the a few months ago uh, on Twitter, which you're new to, right? Do you want to mention your, your Twitter address? You're going to get 1,000 followers overnight if you do this. And you need to and – I, and I warn you fully, you need to keep the politics out of it. People, they'll, they'll defollow you. They'll defollow you. Well, I'm a politic guy. I know you're a politic guy, and you want to pop it off, but you'll 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 people will. I kind of like the snide sports, politics. But I like
3: the snide politics. All right, go ahead and go there. ahead
0: and mention your Twitter address. Worm underscore six six. At worm underscore six six.
3: At worm underscore
0: six Somebody started a Twitter, uh, uh, I guess, Rondale a few months ago about right around the Kentucky Derby about Seinfeld Derby winner names. And people just, you know, just started mashing up titles of or, or catchphrases from uh, Seinfeld episodes. And my favorite one was Gold Jerry Gold. Gold was Jerry was the Gold. name of a, a, a Seinfeld championship <laughs> thoroughbred horse. Kenny
2: Banya, Gold Jerry.
0: I just saw that one Gold. last night. Actually, yeah. was the Mentor episode. Steve Heitner. Mentor and a protege. Amazing. Zingana mm-hmm. is there. And then, and then again, just cause I'm just because of crowing about a friend. You're, you're involved with with Sacha Baron Cohen's movies, Bruno. I mean, can I go on and on it's,
2: about this? It's, it's absurd. It's
0: a great. It's a great lineup.
2: It does feel like I should be funnier. Oh, stop. That's it. that's <laughs> why I'm here. Right. Thank All right. You. Let's
0: get to some hot topics in the Excellent. National Football League. Let's start with this one too. Okay. Because last week we gave this man the worm issues uh, about rooting for two teams. Drew who was on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, our uh, gave you a, a big issue because you root for the the Giants and the Dolphins and the mammals. This the man. Mammals. This man can understand it. Mm-hmm. Explain to Worm your 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 bizarre. Mutation-like hybrid sports rooting interest in it's, the National it's, Football League. It's
2: very simple. I grew up in 1976. Seahawks start. I'm living in I'm living in Tacoma.
3: You and Jack Patero.
2: Well, yes. Yeah, so exactly. So I've, I've liked the Seahawks. Then we moved to Cleveland. So I grew up I grew up in Cleveland, but I never stopped liking the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So, two of the. NFL current NFL afterthoughts mm-hmm. are actually where my passions lie,
3: which wow. is the
0: Seahawks and the
3: Browns, yeah. totem pole and the bad helmet. Wow. I feel like
0: we should go into the wow. hills and sh- helmet. I feel like we should go into the hills and shoot the host monkey before this <laughs> mutates any further. <laughs> wow, think about that.
3: This is totem
0: pole v bad helmet. That is a bad mix.
2: The mixture. Browns right now, I just feel bad for the Seahawks. The Seahawks have a chance when it gets to the end of the season. With the, what, what I call the he went to Jared's portion of the season, because that's what all the ads are. <laughs> every ad is he went to Jared's. Well, because it's it's It's, it's, holiday it's just every one. Every kiss begins yeah. with K. That's the, the final portion. That he went to Jared's portion of the season. Look for them to be, they are going to be aiming for 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7. and seven. They can get there.
0: Well, in this division right now, I mean, everybody thinks that you could stick the fork in, in the 49ers, that they're 0-4. They're, the they're just two
3: games behind. Seven. Think about it. Seven games could, could win a division. They could. Right. And don't you think there should be some sort of rule no. that if you do not, not win, if you do not if you can't win eight games in the National Football League, you should not deserve. So then, a then there play-off should be a five. third wild card, yes, and nobody absolutely. wins from that division. That's absolutely. These these mediocre
2: teams did not make the rules. They're simply, simply they're just simply wallowing in it. But by the way, I think they can get to nine and seven. Here's all you have to do. You win seven of your you win seven of your eight home games mm-hmm. that they can which do. they can do you can lose lose to Atlanta I think you can get the the, the
3: Giants after the they, no Sorry. they're great with the Giants they're they great with Giants. The, they've been such they great games
2: uh, the Feely the feely, uh, missed field goal was game was fantastic game. that was an
3: amazing it was the best game of 2005
2: that was an amazing <laughs> game best game mm. but you win you win seven at home maybe and you win kind of win two away yes they just threw one
0: away but you can and you, now they have Marshawn Lynch by what the way what do you think of that move
2: I think that grill is not going to rust in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> it is I am. I am (laughs) thrilled. I am thrilled. They need an inside runner Mm -hmm. desperately. I love J-Force. Justin Forsett is really good, and his yards per carry are great. But someone to just bang it in there so that you don't have to rely on the pass so much with Hasselbeck. He's got to stay healthy for Mm -hmm. them to have a chance. Can can
3: you make the teeth like that, that, that funny shade
0: of green, that lime green? Like the guys with a oh, lime yeah. green. I'm sure you could. You could oh, yeah. go with a shoes and
3: gloves and make a match.
0: I would know. I don't. I don't. I don't. The only grill I know is you know George Foreman's. Yes. But I don't know about that's that's what I know from grills. And you're feeling awful confident about your G-men GM. No, oh, we're, we're going to lose them after the buy. you know, I, I understand. that might be our third and only win. I, I'm just saying, you're feeling awful confident. Last year on this pod, last week on this podcast, you know, you were you couldn't you wanted Conflin out. You wanted all this. They still they still could all go.
3: Whoever is running special teams, it would not surprise me. You know, look what we have in Miami today.
0: Unbelievable! What a right. that was. They ran him out. They just ran him out. Unbelievable! On Monday Night Football, this is the stat of the year. This is the stat of the year. This could be the stat of the decade, and we have just we've just started the decade mm-hmm. that the the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football were the first team in NFL history to run for a touchdown, pass for a touchdown, return a pick six, obviously for a touchdown. Uh, block a field goal for a touchdown and run a kickoff back for a touchdown, and they did it. Forget about the same game; they went a step higher and did it in one half of football. And and just in case somebody ever pulls that feed off, try and block a punt in that same half too. Yeah, that's what they did. And and that's one of those moments where you just look at the the special teams coach and and you know, God bless, you know, go ahead and get a good real estate agent because yeah. this thing yeah. is...
3: San Diego? Over, Green Bay?
0: Over. Well, well it, 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 it's the most kickoff returns for a touchdown in mm-hmm. the first four weeks of the season uh, since 1941. And whenever you hear that, by the way, fans out there, and whenever you hear a stat with an odd year, that's as far back as they go. <laughs> right. That's as far okay. back You're as whatever stat service has been hired can go. Right.
3: Yes. Pay- and asset so it's it's...
0: No, it's crazy. unbelievable oh, yeah, what it's they crazy. did. And thats I have to ask you, is that, it? is that a wrap for the Dolphins? When you lose like that, I know it's just one, one loss. So but, brutal. I mean, they pulled brutal the quarterback. They pulled their quarterback. I mean, talk about messing one team up in one night. And they pulled
2: the quarterback who didn't have the giant hair problem. Out of, the Michi- out of the Michigan quarterbacks. i got to say, I love Brady. I but do, But it is hard to say. Start... you're a Michigan guy, I'm a too. Michigan guy. It is
3: so Beckham. He wants to be Beckham. But no, it's not like him. It's so the wife. The wife weak. is
2: making him do this because he looks yeah, uncomfortable like a dog who's been made to wear you clothes. You
3: Posh is making, making Beckham do that? A soccer guy? All I know guy? is
2: it is impossible to strike fear in your opponent when you look like you're trying to model for Davidoff cool water yeah, perfume. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and that's, exactly. that's Well, all I know is this. My, my wife, uh, for whom Tom Brady can do no wrong. No wrong, and it 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 it. Every time I hear that, it just puts my love for the maize and blue to the ultimate test. Mm. When you hear your wife gush, okay, uh, even she said last night, I don't know what's with the hair.
2: He's not happy with it. It's, it you don't think he's happy. It's with like it? when you put a party hat on an animal. They just he's fidgeting with it. He or doesn't he, like it. <laughs> I say she should shave it all off. But I, I got to say, the, just think look like you. Hell yeah. The, my thing about step the teams, especially, yeah. I don't think they, I don't think the teams practice at full speed. Any time. It's like you've got, all, you've got 80 people, right. then you go down to 50 people. It, they, can't, they, and then, can't, they
3: can't take guys to the ground. It's a big problem in college. So it's too. like the
2: first time they're yeah. ever, the first time you're actually yeah. doing the thing. It's like doing right. a show with no well, rehearsal. In San
3: Diego, they were saying, Patrick Creighton was saying, guys don't, guys don't have effort. Guys don't tackle. Guys don't want to be out there. If you don't want to be out there, you're,
0: you need to get a new job. Four you know? games into the season, guys, and um, there's a bunch of teams that you just still don't know about. You just still don't know about. Tennessee Titans, Direct. Drek. Drek.
3: Why would you say that? They're one-dimensional. 0-6 when that cat, CJ doesn't run for 100. Mm. The
0: last two years, they're
3: 0-6. So that's it.
0: Just hold him below. You know, just, they, they, he, they, the Giants held him below, and they lost. That's different. Because Giants their defense kids, was buzzing all around. Well, the Giants the ball I think away. Drek's a very difficult uh I, I know. I, I think they are. And they're dirty. Ask ask coaches. Ask oh, coaching staff. And uh, that's the sum. And you just led us to the soundbite of the week, Jason Wormser. Mike Deltufo, roll it. Roll it.
4: I think for the most part, we're the tougher team today. Uh... You know, you always hear about how tough they are and all that stuff. I don't think they're tough. I think they're cheap, and it was
2: one of the cheapest games that I've ever seen out of some of those players. So I thought the rest did a great job of keeping it under control. But, you know, when we got Chris Cooper with his helmet off getting punched and all that stuff, it's ridiculous. And that's the type of player Corbin Finnegan wants to be. Well, then he's a, he's a cheap player. He's not a good player.
0: Kyle Orton popping off, everybody. Wow. Yeah. Kyle Orton, by the way, four weeks in, leading passer in the National Amazing. Football League with yards. He may have 5,000 yards. He might. So tennis and Denver's another team, too. What's Denver? What do, we, what, what do we have with Denver? A team that throws, can hardly run, and plays defense a little bit. They're 2-2. Two and two. See, a lot of these Who's teams, Denver? to me, it, it, to me it's, it's like the
2: Seahawks, which is they're like what I call a puppy team, which is sometimes they do amazingly cute and amazing things, and other times they just totally poop all over the rug. Mm-hmm. And you never know what There's you're going to get as they're growing up. These teams are finding their way. Uh, and, like, Seahawks had a total rug poop game. Against, St. against Louis. St. Louis.
0: which, by the way, is 2-2, two two, just like Seattle and just like Arizona, which is why, again, people think even though they're 0-4, the Niners, if they keep plugging away, uh, I, I just don't see it. They hire a new offensive coordinator who's never called plays for a quarterback who's constantly has offensive coordinators it's an, changed an, it, on it's him.
3: A, it's, it, it just can't get – it won't get right there. It just can't. Perhaps Offensively, they're, you know, they're a, a complete disaster. I, I Perhaps
2: don't, you no know confidence in, in Alex Smith. There's no, no
3: confidence in the, and, coaching, and staff. No stuff the yeah. coaching staff. And no confidence in the coaching staff. Who, Nine. who, by the way, are the Cincinnati Bengals?
0: What do we have on that? Dude, they
3: have a problem. Nine is a problem. Nine is a huge problem. We talk about it. Carson We are talking about it
0: every week out there. For how long? A couple For of years, years now. Three years now. Ever since. He
3: keeps getting the off the tank? hook. Maybe he doesn't have the fastball anymore. He might not have it. I don't know.
0: He just throws some ridiculous balls. Right. He just does. Who are the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who in the world are they? What, what's going on? I mean, they, 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 they look... They had puppy games all over the place, to yeah. use your vernacular here. And then they go ahead lines and they beat
2: it. Peyton Manning. That kick never should have happened. Hayden. Oh. Hayden dropping that ball. Right, and
0: a lot of people are all over Jim Caldwell for calling a, a timeout, timeout. with 30 seconds to go in the game after Maurice Jones-Drew one the ball, and it's obvious. Got eight. And it's ob- but it's and it's obvious that Jacksonville's playing for overtime. Right. They call timeout. They gather themselves, throw a couple passes, and yep. then Josh Scobie kicks one in from managing
3: uh, the clock. Oh, you know what? McDaniels from, had from that. Sawgrass.
0: McDaniels McDaniels did that too. Down
3: 20-16, five minutes to go, fourth and three. It's a five. Kick it! Kick it! Then you're down one. Right. They get. I mean, do they had a 50-yard pi, two minutes to go? It was second and 25. That that be, they are lucky. That helped out.
0: God. I'd Why, Why is there
3: such poor
2: pain. clock management? I mean, the guru clock manager now, Andy Reid. Because Reed, I'm not involved. I mean, is it you?
3: Yeah, because I'm the king of the
0: clock. I am the king of the clock. Really? Yes. Isn't that what uh, Leo DiCaprio said about himself in in Titanic? Or is it? Oh, I'm sorry. It was the world? <laughs> I'm <just> the king <laughs> yeah, of the um, clock. I, yeah. How's Les Miles doing?
3: I mean, that guy? Oh my! That guy. He either has pictures of everybody on the board of directors at at LSU, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or he has like nine lives, or he's been blessed by some...
2: And Michigan will be lucky to get him. You think? Uh, What? I'm just... You're
0: down on Rich Rod.
2: I'm not... I'm I'm down on Rich Rod. I'm very happy with Denard. How bad is that defense? The defense is terrible. Here's the thing about Michigan right now. If Michigan's offense was like the economy of Saudi Arabia, Mm. Denard Robinson is oil, and everybody else is like figs and tin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's just and women, and women in women. of women I and never burka. thought
0: I'd see Michigan win games like it was Madden football. No, and that's what they're playing. Right he now. is
2: amazing to watch, but I do He's think I do think
0: his, his skill set would be
2: just as good or even better with the team around mm. him. That and that I, I, don't, I it don't takes a little
0: see... time the recruiting classes. They do. They need some recruiting classes. All right, we've been talking a lot. Dennis Miller's waiting. This is fun. This is this great. great. Thank get you back on here, Jeff Schaefer. I yeah. mean, we didn't even talk about McNabb at all. I mean, what's there to talk about? What do you mean? What's there to talk about? Did he have a
3: game last week? I awful. thought he had a
0: bye. He was awful in that game. He wasn't awful. Yes, he, picked, he was. Hey, listen. Hey, listen, man. You are what you are, and what he was was a winner that day. No, he, he ran. Won. He ran for a first down on third down. Should have stayed in bounds. Uh, he, he stayed in and bounds. In the fourth quarter, he made Clock some manager. plays. He made some plays, and he won the game. And he won the game. And by the way, say whatever you want about him, but if you're in Arizona right now, why didn't you go for
2: him? Oh, I if, talked about yeah. that. Oh you know, man, I talked
0: about that at the top of this podcast. It's not just Arizona. It's not just what would Carolina be? Yeah. yeah. What would Carolina be if Carolina had them? What San Francisco what, be? What would San Francisco be? San Francisco, San Francisco would not be zero four? No, definitely for not. Sure. San definitely be, not. For yeah. sure, they could no. be three and one easily. Because they also know that there's a veteran presence there that's mm-hmm. going to lead them through tough moments that can go and tell Crabtree what's what, that can tell Vernon Davis what's what, that these are the guys that would what? come and look up and to the quarterback what? as to wonder, uh, instead, if this is the guy who's going to lead the team, or it could be the guy who used to have the Brady haircut, David Carr, standing on the sidelines, he could be in at the next moment.
1: There's
3: a, there's a guy who can go in and check out of a bad play. That's what a guy like like five can do.
0: There's tons of Examples, oh, yeah. Like that. Chicago? This
3: is the conundrum of McNabb. No, Chicago. Oh, that's,
2: that's true.
0: true. Yeah. He, he would have to deal with Marks. That's, that's, that's all this is the all conundrum of
2: McNabb. He's the guy that no one seems to want that half the teams in the NFL actually need.
0: I'll tell you this. The game that they won this past week, I don't know if Jason Campbell would have won it. I don't know if Jason Campbell would have won that game in Philadelphia last week. I mean, you never know. Obviously, that's a completely uh, objective it's or subjective point, point of point. view. No, it's a good I mean, point. And, and they, they came away with the win. And another team that you have no idea who is, Dallas, is coming off of a bye taking on p- Tennessee. I this would week. be
3: shocked if they didn't lay, lay it
0: on them. I'd be shocked if that was a Having game. a whole week to prepare. I, I That's just, a big whooping. Big whooping. But VY is going back to That's Texas. Like, I don't care who. I don't right, know what, so he's they don't focused. know what they're getting out of him.
3: They have no idea. They play it cool. Jeff Fisher Man. plays it cool. They have no idea what in. they're getting out of Tennis. None.
0: Zero. Unbelievable. It's exciting. Good to see you, bud. Great to have Jeff to, Schaefer. There's the, a the pizza. Uh, well, Papa John's will get you pizza. Absolutely. I said
3: there was hard Hold on. Oh, pizza. wait, wait. We got
0: to we got to uh, promote NFL Replay yes. before we go out the yes. door. Oh, no, yeah. hold on, Wait, what? wait, what? What do you mean? wait. There's there's, there's production <laughs> value now. Oh really? There's production value now. By the way, just to set it up for you, Jeff Schaefer. Sure. Last week we talked about uh, a segment that we had on NFL Total Access when we first started, way back in the day, 2003, 2004. Mike Ditka chatting with Marv Levy every week on Coach Speak. Okay. And and the worm was the producer of this segment, okay. And and Michigan. sometimes sometimes he had to tell uh, he had to tell Mike Ditko what was going on after we
3: spent the, a full hour the day before okay. discussing the games we're going to talk so, about.
0: So he was wondering what what the games were all the time, and this is what he would say: We have this played, and this has, this is going to set up your replay every single week. Okay, here we go. Roll it. Right. Okay, what are the what are the games? I don't even know the games. Are the what games. are the games?
3: Tuesday, eight o'clock. Lions at Packers. 9-15 uh, Ravens and Steelers mm-hmm. with said T-sizzles, T-Sizzles at the very yeah, top. Yeah, T-Sizzles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wednesday 8 o'clock is Texans at Raiders. That was with Tyvon Branch and Michael Huff wired.
0: Oh. Yes. Okay.
3: And then uh, Kasem Osgood is wired in Colts Jaguars at nine fifteen. Ah, uh,
0: the dulcet wow. tones of Iron Eagle yes. all over NFL yes. Network on Wednesday night. By the way, hmm.
3: we get your favorite announcer.
0: Gus Johnson? Gus Johnson. Does which game?
3: Texans. I love it. Oh, he hit the call of the of a 72 yard touchdown mm. by uh by Foster is classic.
0: Uh, I lo- you know what? I mean Gus Johnson. <laughs> they
3: just did it. <laughs> it's a good, good, I a good love Gus that Johnson. thing. It's my favorite thing. It's <laughs> on Sports TV right now. It's just all he if okay. he just said March Madness is on CBS right there. I would I would have been I'm in.
0: I would I just I think he should do primetime games just so he could be the very first play by play announcer be- to call a game at night wearing sunglasses. Oh,
3: he should be the, he should be the host of Price Is Right. How
0: great would he be if Price is right? <laughs> right? Oh, my God. <laughs> the clock game! You win, right? Plinko with Gus Johnson. <laughs> Plinko with right. That would be fantastic. The golf game. God, I love instead of, and, and instead of the yodeler going up the hill, yeah. it would be Gus Johnson yeah. doing that. <laughs> as he gets up the hill. Yes. I like it. Gus Johnson, who will call a two-yard dive on first and ten, like Valparaiso just won the first round of the NCAA yeah. tournament. Passionate is good Passionate. so jeff schaefer the executive producer of the league on fx every thursday at 10 30 p.m eastern time after always sunny in philadelphia curbs season number eight comes um, in March? next Wait. year next in year, in March. year? March. really and then yeah, you, you got any other projects you want to promote what no you, no nothing, no i'm nothing uh, that you're doing with uh,
2: sasha Baron Cohen
0: uh we are we're doing a little something's in the works um Gonna... You're sworn to secrecy, yeah, right? Yeah, that one. He's like the modern-day Peter Sellers. He you never will... know what he's going to do. What someone he's gonna say. if I
2: started to say something? someone yeah. would come into this booth and find me and slip my, because it's
0: very secretive. What very he is, secretive. Right? secretive. But yes, but right. he, some, something new is in the works. Something new. Has nothing to do with Freddie Mercury, right? You have nothing no, to do with that. No, that's that's not a comedy. That's straightforward. That's. Is this no. going to be his 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 his, uh, his like Adam Sandler type? Uh, what was, that it, was what, what was the oh, name of that bad. movie? I oh, hope not. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> no, but yeah, you know, it he was, was in, he was no, in no. funny people. No, but you're talking about like you're talking about Hanks. Drunk Hanks, love. Punch right. drunk love. No, no, mean like Hanks did
3: Philadelphia love. and all that stuff. When when Hanks went from funny from funny guy to all that stuff.
0: Oh, I think yeah. he was he was he was more serious before. Was was that really his serious his funny to serious? Was was Philadelphia? I thought it was no. I thought Forrest Gump was, but. I don't know. Uh, he was funny that. He was uh, at any rate. We're hey. really loose now. Yeah, but, now we so, uh, But can, uh, no, but so you uh, can't the, tell the, us anything. Can't say anything about that. But uh, the league we've got,
2: show four airs this Thursday, and we go to uh, all the way through uh, Thanksgiving. Good. So really fun and. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a. Th- these are there's some funny shows out there. Well,
0: I'm thrilled to have you on, Jeff Schaffer. Awesome. This is good. We're gonna have you back. This is a fun segment. Fun, fun segment fun. with the worm. Good to see you. And now uh, you get free pizza from Papa John's. That's why well, well. I came. Here you go. Yeah, yes. you and we'll send it back to Larry. I came for the, the conversation, brother. stay for the pizza. I appreciate that. Uh, the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's, rolls on with Dennis Miller next. Don't go anywhere. game. One new channel will change Sunday afternoons forever. This season, watch the best plays as they happen live in HD. NFL Network Red Zone. Every touchdown, every game. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We've already had a great conversation with LaDanian Tomlinson of the New York Jets, already joining us on this edition of the podcast that I'm thrilled to uh, throw over now to uh, one of the funnier men uh, on uh, television for many years. Now he has taken his act to the radio as well. He is the host of the Dennis Miller Radio Show, available on Coast to Coast on your Westwood One radio stations. It's in its fourth year of uh, existence as well. I enjoy chatting with him every Friday on his radio show. He's also appearing at the Borgata Atlantic City on October 15th, coming up. Uh, in just a couple of weeks, pleased to have on the Rich Eisen Podcast, Dennis Miller. How are you, Dennis? Ricardo, the classiest of cats.
4: Thanks for having me. Nice to see LT with his pins back. Uh, I don't know what he that? did. He went to some Pete Newell slash Betty Grable big <laughs> man. Betty nice <laughs> leg the, Clinic. The, 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 it back together.
0: I love it. The Betty Grable. Does that in, involve the shake weights? Does that... <laughs> a, it, <laughs>
4: That that thing where you get uh, you sit in the chair that's tilted back like they're sending a, a <laughs> chip up on Sputnik and you do those bench things, but his legs look
0: great again. Man. He says right? he's done a different uh, a different, I guess, dedication to get in the weight room and.
4: Well, you know, some guys are so selfless that you don't hear when they're dinged. And now that I look at him, the last couple of years, it was not it was not. Uh, you know, we weren't castigating when we said he looked dead. He right. did. I mean, I, I saw him get around the corner once, and just it wasn't that explosion then uh, towards the end zone. You remember, he used to be in the kill zone. He salivated like Marcus Allen. But mm-hmm. he looked dinged, I guess, the last two years, but he looks good. Now, and Sean Green's probably thinking, wait a second, I get my moment in the sun and the old man's rebirth." What happened here?
0: No doubt. I mean, and, and that's the way it goes in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> it is tough. You play the hot hand, and that's the end of it. It doesn't matter how well you did in the playoffs last year. If LT's running the way he's running, uh, I mean that's the end of it. And, and Mark Sanchez, I remember I was on your radio show as I am every Friday um, uh, after the first week. And what did you call Mark Sanchez again? The way he was struggling, uh, I don't
4: even you know. I think, he,
0: I think you you called him uh, the
4: Debonair uh, Ken O'Brien. <laughs> but uh, you know what? That's the thing. That's the best thing about that uh, the NFL is you get the shot the civilians up on a weekly basis, man. Those guys live for that. You know, just when I'm thinking, I don't know, does Sanchez have it? He throws eight TDs, and he's got zero picks, zero foul, follow- you know what I mean? He's a beast. He's in uh, Bart Starr mode.
0: It is rolling. And so your team uh, is the Steelers? Is that your personal team? Yeah, I mean,
4: player? that's where I grew up. I got other teams I dig, too, over the years. I, dig, You know, I got to admit, I the, the Steelers obviously still my number one team, but I dig the Packers because I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I think he's a stone killer. You know, he's got those eyes where... They blink every time, once every time the comet
0: Cahuetex in the solar system.
4: And he <laughs> looks like a killer to me.
0: Well, he he's also beginning to feel his oats this week. He start he questioned the game plan, although gingerly, uh, saying that they, that that uh, the way that they were calling plays, that McCarthy was calling plays this week, it didn't have the best players on the field. So it seems to me that he's already feeling out. You know, I'm the the, the new franchise QB in town. I've turned the page on Favre to the point where people aren't even mentioning his name very much in Green Bay anymore. And uh, I I think he's taken this next step, not just on the field, but the way he's beginning to... Well, good. I
4: would mark turf. At some point, these guys who overcoach it, who play it close to the vest... and What was I watching? I know it's a college game I'm referring to, but I'm watching Tennessee and LSU over the weekend. And it just reminds me, on a pro and college level, how much coaches are trying to get involved in the game. For God's sakes, LSU or Tennessee gets the ball down by the uh, goal line. They're trying to substitute with nine seconds left. I'm thinking, can't coaches stay out of it at some point? McCarthy's got... I believe the best quarterback in the league right now. Maybe Schaub, you know, a couple of Peyton. But Peyton's on, put it this way, not the best quarterback in the league, but if I had to pick one right now, right. a confluence of age and ability, I'd pick Aaron Rodgers because he's only five years in. You know, Peyton's down the road a little. Still great, but uh, for the long run, I'd pick Rodgers. And I'm just saying you got a weapon like that and you're saddling. You know, how many times are you going to say check off? He says check off more than Kirk on the bridge. <laughs> you know,
0: shut up. <laughs> you know, and Peyton, it, it, it's remarkable. He's now number two. Who, on the all time passing yards list? He passed Elway this week. And it's not like Manning is in his dotage right now, you No, know what no, I mean?
4: he's probably got three or four left. But you know what? That's the that's the thing about this league. It's the Serengeti plane, you're one ding away. Ask uh, Carson Palmer. He was about to seize the planet until mm-hmm. the 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 Samoan cat rolled up on him. You know, it go, it goes in a flick. <laughs> yes, it does. Don't you remember that cat coming in late? Yeah, right. It changed that was the rules. business. They changed uh, you changed know, the world. I'm sure my man didn't mean it, but I'm just saying they're they're all one flick away from that. Except Farb. Farb's uh, obviously Robocop. Yes. You, know, you could hit him with a sledge. You gotta hit.
0: He's like the guy in the trunk in Goodfellas, you know. He just ain't dying. He's <laughs> Billy Bats, You gotta, <laughs> you gotta go get the knife at Mom's house. And and stick tell it him in you
4: that. ran into an, you ran into an elk or something. What was Pesci show? Oh, a deer.
0: They got a deer, a deer. They have to cut off the hoof. That is a moment. The hoof. That's great <laughs> right moment. That is that is an under, I love that. That's one of my favorite scenes in in movie history. And the they're
4: trying to quell a chortle as he munches. It's like three in the morning. And with Francis Bobby A from <laughs> God, it's hysterical.
0: Hey, that's one of the movies that no matter what point it is, wherever I'm watching anything, I've yeah. got to watch it to the very end.
4: Yeah, you're right, man. When he's Leota, is priceless. I mean, I can't believe it didn't go uphill from there. I don't know why, but maybe it's like Citizen Kane. You knock that out of your box. In one of your first couple films, that and I guess he was but Shoeless it. Joe in Field of Dreams. Where are you going
0: to go from there? But that's being a Field of Dreams. That's what Goodfellas lost to Dancing with Wolves. Scorsese lost the Best Director Oscar to Kevin Costner.
4: that covers I mean. is a friend of mine, and no, I, no, thought, no, I thought no, I know he that. knocked the park. Uh, uh, I knocked that out of the park too. But no, so he that's did. a flip of the coin. But, uh, but Scorsese, for, to watch Scorsese. Good at, get it for uh, that piece of crap down the road is like watching Pacino get it for the, you know, the guy who plays Cal Yarborough on Soho with the car. What the <laughs> hell Yarborough.
0: I didn't think the podcast would have a Kell Yarborough reference. <laughs> well, I was going to go Leroy, but I, I realized I was with the cognoscenti here. So. And speaking of, hey, hey, when I mentioned the Borgata in Atlantic City, have you been watching Scorsese's newest work? Have you been watching Boardwalk Empire at all? No, nah,
4: nah, I, I don't know. I'm, I watched a few minutes of it up front, and when things are so stop, allies like Scorsese got into the aviator see Mm -hmm. what happens is a guy becomes so famous and such an auteur that they all want to please him so even the five and unders the the minor parts everybody's exploding out of their skin Mm -hmm. because they're in a Scorsese film and it ends up, I, I don't know, it reads a little cloying to me. I need him to be more disaffected, like, uh, you know, in his youth and that. But right now, he's our John Ford. So everybody, even the guy who's yes. singing in the band in Atlantic City, is bouncing out of his skin to make a moment <laughs> of film. And it never rings—it re- never resonates with me anymore.
0: So what is your favorite movie? If I'd, choose, if I'd ask you to... Pick one. Uh, Lawrence of
4: Arabia, I guess. You know, there's when, when uh, to think that Peter O'Toole is a young man. And I saw him in one film before that, the only one, the day they knocked off the Bank of England. He had a minor part as a sort of a hot fop guy, and it, mm. it was weird to to think that was his only. But he goes into the desert for two years, and they come out with that. That absolutely boggles my mind. And there's a great story that uh, he tells about the the raid on Aqaba. He said that he and Omar Sharif were so terrified of the camels because they were out of control that they got completely blasted and had to be tied onto the camels as they rode on Aqaba. Mm. And he said, and that the beauty of Aqaba is you can pronounce it equally uh, sober or drunk. He said, it's a great drunk word. <laughs> so we're twerking down this dune going, Aqaba!
1: <laughs>
4: and he said, we sounded zealous. We were just loaded. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Fantastic. I think that's the word Braylon Edwards said when he was pulled over a few weeks ago. <laughs> Bra-
4: I'm just glad Braylon got rid of Braylon. the Smith brothers' cough drop beard. I kept thinking of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Don banged yeah,
0: up into his chin strap, and it was grony. He's deep down a good guy, though. Oh, you know, I'm sure I mean, I, mean, I, mean yeah, I'm, I may good. be Absolutely. biased because I've known him for years. He he's a Michigan Wolverine, and 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 deep down, all this stuff that he's doing on the field, it's just not him. I'm telling
4: the to quit toning.
0: Uh, it's true. I mean, I mean listen. When I hear
4: that later in the week, I go, "That figures." because only a moron gets a 15-yard taunting. Yeah. And then the next catch they make, they quasi-taunt again. Did you it can again. see where the refs think, I can't call this, or I'm going to get called out on My- Mike Perella or something <laughs> about being overreactive. <laughs> but literally, just just catch it and walk back to the huddle. Give yeah. me a little, you know, like boy Dollar, for God's sakes.
0: You've done uh, a lot in your career, Dennis, obviously. We, we've known you for years, uh, certainly starting with Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. where you burst into the, your career. Uh, where does Monday Night Football spend in the three years oh, in the great. booth? Where, where does that stand? It for was you?
4: Uh, two years, and then I got whacked. But you know what? We two... were signed for a third year, mm-hmm. and then Madden left Fox, and I heard that in the morning. I called Fauci. He's up in Bend, Oregon. Right. I guess he's just, you know, he's lost it. He's like the. Uh, professor in war games who invented the thing and then moved out to the i So I call Fox and I go, Listen, the fat man just left Fox. We are so whacked and he's a like, You think we're signed for a third year? I said, I don't care what we're signed for. He's not doing this to sit up in the Dakota with the old lady and watch that cable in Manhattan. We're gone. Fox calls me around an hour later. He like, said, I just took it. The phone rings I get whacked. And you know what? It makes sense, because if I'm ever in Manhattan or, or in uh, Los Angeles on any given night, and I want to do 15 minutes of stand-up at the Improv, mm-hmm. and I go in there, and Tarkas Madden's on stage, they better pull his up <laughs> off, too. That's the way the world works. So... You know, it was time to go, but I had fun there for two years.
0: Because to me... Um, Can you swear on a podcast? Uh, if, sure, go ahead. Are you sure? I don't want to... Yeah, uh, I, I uh, apparently it, we'll we- get an explicit rating, and I, I don't know what that means. But, well, uh,
4: I, I don't want to cause headaches, but i
0: got to tell you a great Monday Night please, football We're ahead. doing
4: a game one night, and Albinos announcing, and Al's a genius. He used to try to keep all these plates in the air, like the kid on Sullivan, and he's great at it. Mm. But if you sucker punch him with a laugh, he can't get it back together. So that's why I spent my whole two years there, trying to knock Al off his feet. So Chris Carter hurts his ankle. They're wrapping it on the sideline in the Metrodome. You've been to the Metrodome. Yes. It's so freaking loud. Wow. It gives you a headache. I say to Al Bino on the air, you know Al, they're wrapping his ankle in a gauze bandage. I said, I haven't seen that much fabric used since the environmental artist Christo wrapped <laughs> the Pont Neuf Bridge in Paris. And Bino hits his sneeze button, which cuts his voice out to the home viewer, and he looks and he goes, what the f*** are you talking about? <laughs> And Olmeyer, the producer, who I understand right. his kids work with you, yeah. he's in the truck, and he's an out of Don. He loves yeah. reading his art books. On my headphones, I hear him say,
0: Noel Christo, environmental artist, solid <laughs> reference. That's a solid <laughs> reference. So he's like the he's, – he's the judge. He, yeah. he, he ruled in your favor that and that's – I'm that, thinking if they could only hear this. little Fozzie's
4: over there with his electric pen. Now the two-gap shot the six-gap, and Bruce Van Dyke pulled it. I'm thinking –
0: That is classic. Good thing the cough button worked for Albino. I know. That I don't know. know
4: Albino's a pro. He's not going to go up on the air and drop an F-blop. He's but the it best of all so time. Pretty.
0: Listen, you could talk about all-time great announcers. Al Michaels, I mean, he knows just from where I sit, knowing how tough it is, he knows uh, everything that's going on and the rule book. It seems that he's got that surgically implanted in his brain. He's always over everything. Uh, before most anybody yeah, can do he throw. loves
4: peeling back the intrigue on contracts and all that. You know, he—I remember one time, uh, Loco and he getting into it up from in the open thing in my like two years there. And you know, Al Locasal hes like, uh, he's like from Middle Earth. He's a Tolkien character. <laughs> he tries to jump Bino in the room. <laughs> Honest to God, I got physical, and I said, uh, I said to Gruden who was there, we walk out of the room. I go, uh, Loco came under the table at him and. John was laughing, and I remember Gruden was gone not long after that. But you could see he just thought it was. It was listen, it was funny to be inside for a
0: couple of years. It was a bit of a freak show. And now Gruden is in your seat. Technically, oh, he's great at it. Uh, he is. I mean, he kills me. He gets he gets you pumped up. I he could be it. the next Madden if he wants to be. If he wants to stay there, that's it. That that that, that is it. He could oh, stay yeah, there. He the might rest want of... back in. Does he no, want no, 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 no. I think he could be. If, 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 I I think he does. Most coaches that I know of. Deep down, still want to do it. I mean, and Mariucci, who who works with us, and and I rue the day if he ever does go back to coaching because we'd miss him terribly, and and he's the greatest. Uh, I don't when,
4: know, Gruden. He's really got to think about it though, because he's got he's got the switch where when he goes back in. Uh-huh. It's three hours of sleep again. You know, I think if some guys, Vermeil got it together after Philly was right. so frazzed, I think he got it together in St. Louis, and he hands a bulk of it over to Martz on the offensive end and mm-hmm. kind of leads a life. I think Gruden's one of those guys that he's going to tell himself, all right, I'm going to do it differently this time. Right. I think the moment he gets in there, next yeah, thing you know, thing. it's 4 in the morning, yeah. and he's measuring the inseam on an off tackle <laughs> right. out of Appalachian State to see if he wants to but draft he, him for uh, his first uh, time.
0: Let me tell you, I mean, when Mariucci, when we, for our Thursday night games when we we're at the stadiums, he stands right on the sidelines with his hands on his knees, screaming at the refs, calling him over, asking him what's going on, like he's got a headset on. And Gruden, when he worked with us at, at the draft, he, he spent weeks... Watching film of spread offenses. Yeah, that's yeah. what
4: it's all he does. They love it. I, I love it when he talks so much lingo that you can't even follow it on Monday night. He'll say something to Jaws, and all of a sudden they're in like North Turner's id. You can't even follow it. Right. And they're just throwing down stuff like jargon and stuff like that. It absolutely kills me. I don't need to know everything. I just need them to talk tough about football. You know, I never got the Ke- the Kevin Gilbride approach where you get the laser pointer and break it down mm-hmm. and talk about. Yeah, you know, I like guys who like. You know, you can tell at some point John knows it's about whooping ass.
0: Yeah, that's and he'll he'll tell you that. That's exactly what it is. It's just getting down, fingers in the dirt. The guy in front of you is trying to take food off your table, and you need to kick that guy. Right where they. Yeah, well,
4: look at Brett. I mean, Brett is the toughest guy in the history of the, the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, that boggles my mind. He's moving on 300. But I'm telling you, you beat a guy up enough, like the Saints do, and then it gets down to that last millisecond, and you're wondering, does he throw that pass because he doesn't want to get lit up? You know what I mean? It's Absolutely.
0: Like, it's like Rocky
4: Marciano. He would come on. He wasn't. He didn't look like the greatest fighter, but he beat the. Get out of your mid-session, <laughs> and then around the ninth round, you're saying, but I can't take another one. Right. Boom, right on the button.
0: Mm-hmm. You're out.
4: He's 44 and out.
0: Where are we stand right now, a quarter of the season in? Where do well, you think- I
4: like uh, – I, I don't know who I like. Some of the teams I like to win it all aren't great right now. But, you know, it's like – a. It's like the 10,000-meter race or something. I don't know. Do you want to be out front busting it all open, taking the wind on your face? I think you want to lay in like Kip Kano, and then, you know, at the end of the steeplechase, you put it in the fifth. And right now, I would say I'd have to pick the Chargers because Rivers is a beast. And mm-hmm. I, I just think, I, I don't know, I have a feeling about them. And I like Rogers at Green Bay, so I see a Green Bay-San Diego thing, but not right at this moment. You right. know, there are other teams playing better right now, but – it's a long run, baby. They're just in the zone now where they got to coast for a while, dog paddle, see where you're at in your division, and get the home field. I guess well, that's
0: what Well, about. I'll tell you what. Just, just to use your philosophy there about the 10,000-meter race, and, and it's not how you start, it's how you finish, I, I think perfectly, and we talked about it earlier on the podcast, the New England Patriots fit that right there because Belichick knows exactly what he's doing. Mm. He's got a young defense that's going to get better and better. He is going to practice the snot out of these guys over the next several weeks. And what they did, to, I mean, they punked the Miami Dolphins. What they did on Monday night is a potential, and I don't think I'm exaggerating this, a potentially season-altering loss for the Miami Dolphins who fired their their special teams coach the very next day. And, I mean, what they did to them, it just shows me that yeah, they, they're in their head now. I don't think totally they, in their they, they don't have to
4: worry about the fins anymore, but... You know, like I said, I you look at them, and I I look at that Mayo guy, and he's such a beast and an integral part of that, but he looks diminutive to me, and I always have the Bobby Sanders scenario in the back of my head. I almost want a guy like who's a bit of a smallish on the smallish side for his position, not as far as Earth goes, but in the NFL. They're almost, when they throw their bodies around like that, I always think, my man's not making 16. You know what I mean? It's almost like... you you, it's so dependent and they always say injuries aren't an excuse in this league i know coaches have to say that because they got to show up every week but they are if you lose a key guy uh you know and i figure the packers have already lost their key guy with ryan grant it's like losing a game in the ncaa early in the season you can still come back around maybe at the end to get in that bcs or whatever it is Uh, but if you lose it later in the season, you're screwed. So I look at the Packers now, and they've got their huge loss out of the way with Grant, and they'll accommodate around that and fix themselves, and maybe you see Lynch up there from Buffalo, but I, I just think uh, they seem primed to me. That pump seems primed, and really, if, if Rogers, I mean, I did not hear that, but if you're saying he issued a statement he like did.
0: that... Well, he's talked to the media. He just all came right, and said well, that.
4: you listen, that's the sort of guy that you want to go into the huddle with. At some point, I don't think he was flat-out mutinous, but he is letting McCarthy know, listen, You know, you're over here in the hat of the week. I'm out there getting my ass kicked, and i got to seize this team.
0: Yeah, and and by the way, this just in. We're we're taping this uh, uh, half an hour after the news that Lynch was just traded to the Seahawks.
4: Oh, he was? Yeah,
0: Pete Carroll picked him up for a fourth rounder and a conditional for this year and next.
4: You know, Rich, I don't know about you, but I'm always astounded how little they get for players. Like, when you think about the fourth or fifth round... You know, and I'll hear like Mike Mayock and those cats, and Mayock's just a freaking state He's a of the art. He's a genius. Yeah. But he'll say, uh, I don't know if they'd want to give him a fifth for that. And I think, a fifth? We're 160 players in at that point. You don't know if half the top 20 are going to play in this league. You know, a fifth seems like an afterthought. So a fourth for Lynch. I don't know. I might make that thing. He looks like a solid cat to me, right?
0: I would cough that. If I was Green Bay, I'd cough that up. I'd cough up a three.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're the ones who really need the back. Exactly. I would have been there in a, with bells on for a three because then you're at the 100th player. And I don't know if the 100th kid out of college, quite frankly, some of those kids show up at camp and go, are you kidding me? I'm not even vaguely
0: attenuated to this speed.
4: You don't know what you get at 100. I don't. At, look, at look least at... Lynch has taken some
0: shots. Exactly. Look at Joe McKnight. who The Jets traded Leon Washington. For... Washington for to trade up to go get out of USC, and he finally saw the field in week four in the yeah. NFL. I mean, because you never know, and that I agree with you, you swing for the fences when you can.
4: Yeah, there's Joe McKnight, like in Pullman, Washington, going against an 18-year-old kid who's on a scholarship at Washington State, and then he's coming around to looking at O.C. human Europe, <laughs> yeah, right. and it's just a whole different world. Different I mean, he, at that point, he's thinking, man, can I go back and do some grad work at USC? This is heavy.
0: It's an eye-opener. <laughs> it's an Dennis, we're going to hopefully make this a regular thing. Yeah, I'm going to
4: call in regularly
0: if you I have me. It. And you uh, always please. find
4: me, Rich, and you do the best job over there. You're a your pro's pro.
0: Thank you, Dennis. Right, I, I appreciate everybody. that. You got it. That's, Later, you got it. That's Dennis Miller, who's going to be at the Borgata in Atlantic City. You can follow him on DennisMillerRadio.com, on Twitter at, Den, at DennisDMZ. He, uh, he knows his football. He knows his ball. And I talk about it every Friday with him on the Dennis Miller Radio Show, which is coast-to-coast on Westwood One. All right, that's it for Rich Eisen podcast number four. It was a long one, but a good one. Good times. Ladanian Tomlinson joined us. Jeff Schaefer, he's the executive producer of The League on FX Thursday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Tune into that funny show about fantasy football. Perhaps uh, your league sounds like the league's league Uh, on FX. The Worm, we appreciate him joining us in the D-man, Dennis Miller. He is going to join us every now and then here on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. I want to thank everybody. Uh, for helping put this show together. Drew Olmeyer, Matt Lathrop. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mike Del Tufo as well, and all the folks on NFL.com. And the people on iTunes, we appreciate the placement on the, on the podcast page on iTunes this week as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Rich Eisen or on Facebook.com slash Rich Eisen. And, of course, on NFL Network, total access Wednesday and Thursday on an NFL game day morning at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time, the ripe hour of 9 a.m., 6 o'clock out here on the West Coast. And on NFL Game Day highlights, me and Steve Mariachi and Dion Sanders have a good time every 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern, to wrap up week number five in the NFL. Man, this is going really fast. Thanks for watching the Rich Eisen podcast uh, presented by Papa John's. or listening to it. Can't keep my media straight. But thanks for listening.